Welcome to this week's edition of Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Influential people, high-performing organizations, creating a culture of success. And now your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Hello again, everybody. Great to have you along on this Sunday afternoon. Hello, Angel Carlton. How are you? I'm great, Scott Murray. And you? Well, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Good. I good. can't believe that the month of March is uh, is heading down to the home stretch. It, it just, where has this year gone? We've got a quarter of it all, almost behind us. Yes. It's crazy. Spring is upon us. It I is. Love it. it is. But of course, we've got uh, things like uh, high school graduations and the ever popular uh, oh. senior balls and junior proms and of course all kinds of weddings it is that time of year it is so definitely. we are really excited about our special guest today because he deals with uh, everything from wedding and entertainment and i mean uh, you name it you, you won't believe some of the things we're going to be talking about today so i really think it fits well for this time of year oh i'm excited about it i really am and of course you are back as uh, our presenting sponsor is i4cp the institute for corporate productivity our great partner and our our teammate as they say Mm -hmm. so uh and you're a director with uh, i4cp right right and for those of you tuning in for the first time i4cp or the institute for corporate productivity is a human capital research firm that improves workforce productivity we work with some of the top companies in the world like Amazon, AT&T, Microsoft, 3M, Ford, and Starbucks. What we do is we study the people practices of high-performing organizations, and we share that research with our members so that they can outperform their competition. And uh, you can always learn more by visiting our website, i4cp.com, and be sure to check out some of the previous episodes of Leading the Way while you're there. Well, you're a, a fashion a fashion aficionado, are you not? Oh, I work at it. I try to be. I don't know. <laughs> you have to tell me. <laughs> I think every woman on the face of the earth probably does. Does she not? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a passion for women, for well, sure. Well, if you listen carefully to what's about to unfold over the course of the next hour, we're going to be here till uh, 5 this afternoon. I do want you to listen carefully because the gentleman we're about to talk to is, uh, is one of those people that will be able to help you to the nth degree, I'm sure. He's a, he's a CEO and chief design officer of Dada Media. It's a holding company for the David Tutera brand. So who is David Tutera? Well, for those of you that are uh, into uh, Hollywood and what goes on out on the West Coast and the L.A. area and Beverly Hills and what have you, and you know about some of the, the stars that we've all come to know, chances are he, uh, he probably knows them as well and has helped them along the way. He's an entrepreneur, leading wedding and entertaining expert, an author, television personality. I mean, the list goes on and on. David Tutera is hailed as an artistic visionary whose ability, uniquely creative talents, and outstanding reputation have made him a tremendous success in the lifestyle arena. And he has created literally a name for himself by taking his passion for designing spectacular events and transforming it into a lifestyle and a very, very successful business. He continuously exceeds the expected with an unmatched level of inspiration, imagination, and innovation. And, of course, innovation, one of the verticals that we talk about each and every week here on Leading the Way to create Mm -hmm. the latest trends in entertainment, fashion, events, decor, I mean, it it goes from here it's to the endless. West Coast. It's endless. <laughs> it is. If you looked at his website. <laughs> yeah, oh it gosh. really is something. So the David Tutera brand of products spans from wedding, fashion, home decor, and so much more. And David is at the other end of the phone. Welcome from the West Coast. How are you, my friend? Great to have you along. I'm wonderful. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. It was really kind of you. Well, you're very you're very uh, welcome. And, and I tell you what, when Angel and I looked at your website, 
we knew a little about you, wanted to get you on the program. This was the time of year that, of course, proms and weddings and all those kinds of things are really going to the next level. And we went, you have got to be kidding. So I don't know who put your website together, but uh, I hope you paid them well because it's most impressive. Thank you very much. It's, you know, it's actually being re- redesigned and relaunched in about a month, so we like to always – you know, give it a little bit of a new sense of energy and life and direction so people don't assume the expected is, as you said in my introduction, um, it's more the unexpected. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, one of the things that Angel and I do when we kick off the, the program each and every week, David, is, is a little something we call our lightning round. It's five questions. Yeah. Real simple answers are all that really is required. But I think it gives the audience a chance to kind of learn uh, up close and personal who you might be, what you're all about, and what you do day to day, and kind of where you came from and how you got to where you are on uh, on this Sunday. So let's start with the first Perfect. one, your first job, and what did you learn from it, David? I, uh, my first job, I was a singing telegram delivery person. <laughs> I love it. You're kidding. Uh, what did I learn? <laughs> I, I learned patience, I learned how to always smile, and I learned to make people happy. All right. We, we, I can't let that go and move on to question number two. <laughs> let, me, let me hear a singing telegram commercial. Go for it. Oh. oh, I don't even know if I can remember it because, you see, this is what I used to do. I used to literally get the information of the honoree. I'd write a personalized song, literally a personalized, I used to call them a ditty, and I would deliver them and sing them to whatever random song the, uh, the recipient that was going to receive them would hear. So it was, they were all custom. Well, let's pretend that Angel's birthday is tomorrow. <laughs> Give us a happy birthday greeting to Angel. Oh, let's try and see if I could do it. I have a little bit of a cold, so let's see, let's see. We'll um, forgive you. That's not a problem. <laughs> I'll give you two lines if I can remember. It's been a long time, so this is a tough one, and no one asks this. Go for it. Angel, you ready? I'm ready. Let's see if I can do it. Um, oh, I searched and searched all over town to see what I could do. I wanted something special that I could do for you. Suddenly, I got inspired found the perfect thing, balloons and this messenger to sing. Oh, <laughs> yes. That is oh. awesome. I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> no one will believe that I just did that. You're a great sport. That's why we, we are delighted to have you on the program. That was yeah. great. You get the most original first job award. Yeah, of leading the way, guess I love that. That's great. So because the first job took me into my career. That's I literally went from one job to the next job, and that's all the only jobs I've ever had. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic! Fantastic. That's very cool. Yep. So, you know, gosh, on your journey, David, uh, who were your say top two mentors, and and how did they influence you as a young person? Um, My grandfather, which is my mom's dad, um, is a major influencer in my life. He. He was a man that came over at eight from Italy, didn't work. He worked, started working at 13, worked for a flower shop until the age of 47, and wound up buying that, that flower shop, which in turn I then wound up working there at 13. And he taught me everything I knew about how to run a business. He taught me the importance of, um, uh, of keeping a low overhead, how to purchase perishables such as floral, uh, making a profit, and understanding the importance of being a service business and not just about the delivery of a product. So he taught me everything at a very late age in his life. And then in turn, my mom, his daughter, um, is, a, is who's still alive and she's been a big influence in my life, lear- learning and teaching me how to literally understand the importance of connecting to human beings and listening and learning and bringing them the ability to enjoy life. 
And the combination of those two from a business perspective and my mom, who was not was a stay-at-home mom, not in the business field, taught me just how to be the person I am today to allow my brand as a lifestyle to become emotional and connected to people. Great answer. Great mentors. Awesome. Oh, that was, yeah. that was great, yeah. David. Well, let me move on to number three. What has been the most significant experience, or for that matter, turning point, in developing your skills in the leader that you've become? That's a recent development. My, I'm a late dad in life. My daughter is four and a half. She stepped into my life when she was born, um, and I see things differently. I see the importance of time management. Uh, I mean, return on time is incredibly important to me. So I, I, in the later part of my life, I've learned how to, to accomplish more in a shorter amount of time, make decisions quicker, and appreciate my life to spend it more with her. Yeah, children will do that for you, won't they? Yeah. They sure will. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, David, knowing where you've come from and where you are now, what is the best advice you'd give somebody of the next generation, maybe stepping into your shoes, into your business? Yeah, maybe even that young daughter of yours someday. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the young generation, I'm very much about education. I I spend a great deal of time um, traveling and speaking to children or people that are graduating from college um, and adults um, looking later in life for this career. But for the younger generation stepping into this industry, you have to develop your talents. You can't just assume that because you've gone to school, you can step into a creative field. So... It's basically like an artist. You have to develop that skill. You can have the creativity, but you have to master it, and you have to learn, and you have to step in and be an intern, and you have to you know, work the field and learn the different facets of our business because it's not just a here's a job, I'll hand you the responsibilities, and you can step in and you know, become the person you choose to be in the industry. It takes much more time. This industry is not as um, – Developed, It is not an industry that's been around for many, many years. So we're still trying to figure out how to expand, how to teach. So that's the importance is learning and being patient. All right. With those thoughts, let's move into the last question in our, our little lightning round here, David. How would you define your legacy at this point in your life and as you move forward? Uh, my legacy would be education and the importance of working with foundations. I have worked closely with three, three very important foundations in my life for many, many years, and I do it silently because it's important that we do things for the right reasons and not for the fanfare. Um, and my legacy is to make a difference in, in people's lives, not just through the celebrations I've created, but the changes that they can make in their health, uh, the education and knowing how to take care of themselves, and the education knowing how to pr- be prepared for tomorrow financially. All right, David Dutera is our special guest, Dada Media, and we're going to be back with more of Leading the Way right after this. At Leading the Way, we're all about hearing from influential leaders. So if you're a business leader interested in cutting-edge talent practices, then don't miss the annual I4CP conference coming up in March. You'll get to meet influential leaders such as New York Times bestselling authors Brene Brown and Dan Pink, management professors Andrew Rizzaghi and Sidney Finkelstein, and executives from innovative companies like Accenture, Pinterest, Intel, and Booz Allen Hamilton. The I4CP conference is annually ranked as one of the top HR and talent events focused on next practices, the strategies and tactics that impact profit, 
but that few companies are using. Designed for senior HR, talent, learning and diversity leaders, and close to vendors and consultants, the conference offers superior networking and thought leadership so you can better understand and address the critical people issues facing your organization. Learn more today by signing up at i4cp.com conference. That's i4cp.com conference. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day and now back to leading the way powered by the institute for corporate productivity here's scott murray and angel carlton welcome back to leading the way scott murray along with angel carlton on this sunday afternoon we're going to be here till five o'clock david tutera is our special guest dada media and he is ceo and chief design officer of a an incredible company entrepreneur leading wedding and entertainment expert author television personality he's a busy busy guy and of course uh, hails from uh, the west coast area as most of the folks that are in this entertainment business do uh are you ready to roll my friend oh gosh all right yes. go for I it i can't wait to learn more about uh, david and what you're doing because you are such a true innovator and an entrepreneur uh, to the extreme with an, a really super impressive, I mean, beyond impressive product line. If you go to his website, it's davidtutera.com. Um, and, and, and the product line ranges from fashion, weddings, books, broadcasting, event planning, uh, and more, even cocktail innovation. But uh, your website is just loaded with endless ideas and, and innovations. So my question is, where of the of the this begin? What was what was your initial vision and 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 the strategy that you used to get where you are today? It's a it was a lo- it's a long story. I've been doing this for quite a while since the age of nineteen. So you know we went back to that beginning. The question you asked my first job, which was being a scene telegram per, uh, delivery person. That was my entree into where I am today in a very odd way. Um, I successfully ran this little business that a woman owned that offered to sell it to me at the age of 19, six months after I began. And I borrowed $12,000 from my grandfather, who I talked about earlier, um, because my family and I certainly didn't have it. And borrowed the $12,000, bought the business, ran it out of my parents' garage. Six months later, um, realized that it needed to be in a affluent area of Westchester County. I'm originally from New York, and opened up a little store on a main drag next to a movie theater. And people lined up in front of my store every day. One person came in one, one morning and said, this is amazing, this visual that you've done in the window. Can you decorate my son's bar mitzvah? And I thought, what? Hmm. And I didn't know what a bar mitzvah was. So I simply said to her, yes. Because my philosophy 
is that in life we succeed by saying yes. If we say no or think about it, we have lost an opportunity. So I said yes immediately, figured out what it was by calling people, designed and did this bar mitzvah, and that was the first of my entree into the industry of special events. And my business began to grow because I was hungry to learn. So I listened and I self-taught myself when someone would come in, a client from New York City, and said, I have a wedding at the Pierre Hotel. Can you do this? And here's the budget. I didn't even know what the Pierre Hotel was. I didn't know what a charger plate was. I didn't know the formalities of a wedding. But I learned and said yes every time and built my company based upon enthusiasm, creativity, and the honesty of literally being connected to them emotionally. And that's the success that translated into me writing my first book in 2001. And I'd never been on television. And the producers of uh, The View on ABC came to me and said, to my publicist, and said, would you like to be on the show to do specialty drinks for the five ladies on The View? And I said, absolutely, of course, the answer is yes. And I went on to The View, and that was literally the beginning of my career on TV. Bill Getty and Barbara Walters, producers and creators of The View, out of The View, turned and created my own show on the Discovery Network, and I did my first TV show, which was a daily show called The Party Planner, and I guess we could say the rest is history. How cool is that? What a great story, and I love the message behind there, what, just saying yes. There's so much power, because you never know. And no, you know, You're right. you don't get anywhere by saying no, and that's, that's a great message, David. Thank you. Well, I tell you what. When you talk about some of the things and some of the people you've gotten the chance to to meet over the years and be a part of, one name that comes to mind is a, is a great friend of mine. I just uh, she's one of the one of those people that uh, you have no idea what she's going to be like until you meet her, and then you say, "Is she really this sincere? Is she really this kind? Is she th- really this real?" And I'm talking about uh, Kathy Ireland, of course, who. Many uh, sports fans uh, know from uh, seeing her as the, the supermodel on the cover of 13 Sports Illustrateds in the swimsuit issue for years back in the 80s and, and then, of course, into the 90s. And I met Kathy back at that time, back in the 80s, when I was a, a broadcaster, a sports anchor, and and then uh, have seen her and, and uh, been introduced to her again through different events that we've done and recently did an event a couple of, uh, couple of months ago when she was in the Dallas area, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And again, she was here raising money for, for charity. And of course, she has gone on to become one of the, the premier female entrepreneurs in the world with her Kathy Ireland Worldwide. And so I realized that you also have a, a, a friendship, a relationship with, with Kathy, who thinks the world of you, calling you, and, and she quotes, the maestro of marvelous. Now, I want to read a little something here. It says, David Tutera is the maestro of marvelous. He's a genius. He's inspirational. His incredible career includes fashion, weddings, books, broadcasting, magnificent events, and more are all powerful elements in the Tutera brand. David's unique ability and talent brings brilliance and beauty to people and spaces. The Tutera brand is transformational. Kathy Ireland. Boy, talk about an incredible endorsement, David. Tell us about your involvement with Kathy and in, in, in Kathy Ireland worldwide and what an incredible lady she is as well and all that she's continuing to do. Yeah, Kathy's a brilliant woman, and she's also just incredibly kind from the heart. And as we both know, you know, incredibly smart. We met about seven years ago, Kathy and myself, and um, something was there. We knew that there was a moment in time that we would wind up working together. And as the seven years passed and my brand 
continued to grow and expand into retail doors internationally. Um, we reignited about a year and a half ago and realized that Kathy Ireland Worldwide was the perfect marriage for us to have them manage the David Tutera brand and fall under the family of Kathy Ireland Worldwide. So we're excited to know that the hands of Kathy and all of her amazing, talented, and incredibly smart people are you know, now navigating the road forward for the David, David Tutera brand to expand. And we're looking at, you know, unique ways to uh, not just perceive the David Tutera brand as the world of weddings and celebrations, but we're expanding into home, we're expanding into, you know, many unexpected areas that people look to create beauty in their life, not necessarily through celebrations. Well, that's fantastic. And I'll tell you what, uh, she's the reason that we found you. She's the one I that know. said, hey, Scott, Kathy's going to join us here in the program in the next 30 or 40 days, sometime in the latter portion of April. But uh, in the meantime, she said, you want to talk to somebody that's a, a CEO uh, extraordinaire of a different type than leading a major company here in America, talk to David. So uh, our thanks to Kathy for setting us up with you as well. <laughs> and thank you, Kathy. <laughs> yep. And you certainly are leading the way, so it fits right in, definitely. Well, you have quite a unique customer base, uh, working with celebrities and professional athletes and politicians and the high-profile uh, society. What, um, I'm so curious, what are some of the most outrageous, maybe the most memorable uh, requests that you've had to fulfill or implement? And she's been talking about this the last 24 hours <laughs> since we found out that you were going to be on the show. She says, I can't believe some of the I things I'm sure he's going to share with us. Yeah, I could just only imagine. Well, we definitely don't have enough time for all of this, but I'll certainly dabble into it quite a little. Um, for those that remember about several years ago, um, actually many years ago, I did the wedding, which I know you'll remember, Star Jones's wedding from The View. And when Star Jones got married, the requests were almost near to impossible. And the very day of the wedding, the, the, the date, the time, the location, everything was supposedly supposed to be kept secret. That was the whole the message that we were trying to create, that the, she was having a private wedding. Star, unfortunately, decided to think differently and basically leak it to everyone. And we, I, we, my team, uh, the request was that we needed to shut down Park Avenue, we know we're talking New York City, so we're not shutting down, you know, Main Street in the middle of America. We're shutting down Park Avenue, which is a two-way road. We're, we're shutting down the side streets and Lexington Avenue because she caused insanity with fans. We had to hire four um, separate security teams, including New York City Police Department, um, to protect the church and the hotel from the mounds of fans because she wanted this to be truly over the top, and that's what she got. So that request, near to impossible solution, we did uh, succeed with that. It became very challenging to be able to do that and produce and design a wedding that was taking place in real time. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Park <laughs> Avenue. I mean, <laughs> what a feat that is. Boy, for sure. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, but I New York loved like you guys. <laughs> it was a disaster. Let's all, all I yeah. can say it was just an absolute <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> well, as you know, um, I4CP is a research company, so I'm curious to know what kind of research goes into preparing for the events that you plan. 
maybe if you have a special special theme. Yeah. We do a lot of you know. You're interesting you ask that question because I'm in the in the depths of it right now. And I'll give you an example of what we're doing today. Um, I'm at, I'm leaving tomorrow for Indonesia um, to head out to work on a client's 1500 celebration wedding in Indonesia. Now, the research for that. We have to look into, obviously, the traditions of the culture, the parallel weddings that have taken place amongst that area by other high-profile people. So we're now going into a country, we're going into a town that's asked for me to design and produce something that's never been seen before. So our job is my team of people have to look to see the past five years of events that are similar, make sure that what I produce and create looks nothing like it, bring a little bit of the American culture into Indonesia, and then deal with the vendors. So we have to source out um, source out the local vendors that can potentially execute my concepts, know the history of their businesses, the length of time that they've been in business, and the success that they've had. So it isn't just a, I'm going to come up with a great idea, show it to you, hope you hope I sell it and execute it. There is an enormous, enormous amount of back time, uh, research, and understanding about the history, culture, and the expectations. Fantastic. Well, enjoy yourself over there in Indonesia. Never been there. That sounds really like a lot of fun. It's right around the corner, I I found out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess from the West Coast it would be. But, uh, yeah, that's that's really something. David Tutera is our special guest from Dada Media. We're going to be back with uh, lots more with David right after this brief timeout. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices. And that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. At Leading the Way, we're all about hearing from influential leaders. So if you're a business leader interested in cutting-edge talent practices, then don't miss the annual I4CP conference coming up in March. You'll get to meet influential leaders such as New York Times bestselling Brene Brene Brown and Dan Pink, management professors Andrew Rizzaghi and Sidney Finkelstein, and executives from innovative companies like Accenture, Pinterest, Intel, and Booz Allen Hamilton. The I4CP conference is annually ranked as one of the top HR and talent events focused on next practices, the strategies and tactics that impact profit, but that few companies are using. Designed for senior HR, talent, learning and diversity leaders, and close to vendors and consultants, the conference offers superior networking and thought leadership so you can better understand and address the critical people issues facing your organization. Learn more today by signing up at i4cp.com conference. That's i4cp.com conference. Two great signals. One great way to keep up with what's happening in your world. KLIF News and Information, 570 AM and 96.3 HD2. 
And now back to Scott Murray and Angel Carlton and Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Welcome back as we continue our conversation with David Tutera from Dada Media. And as we told you at the very top, David is an entrepreneur, leading wedding and entertainment expert, entertaining expert, author, television personality, and he does it all. So with the uh, the prom season and the wedding season here in the springtime, we thought it would be a great time to, to have uh, David on and listen to all his uh, incredible innovation and all he continues to be a part of. Let me uh, move on and ask you this, David. What would you say are the maybe the one or two most effective elements or, or actions, for that matter, needed to ensure success in the customer satisfaction in your world? I mean, you've got to make the customer pleased. So how do you go about that? What are some of the things that you have to make sure that you do each and every day with whatever client it might be? It's real important for us and my team to always make sure that we're paying attention, listening to the client's expectations, Um, never falsely guiding them into something that may not be realistically possible, but yet letting them know that there is a solution. What's also very, very important to me is that our customer being the, the, the end client isn't our only customer. It might be the 500 guests that are sitting in the room or the 1,000 people that are sitting in the experience. We have to remember that we have to keep all of them happy, which ultimately keeps our end client very, very thrilled. Um, and that's a very challenging thing to do because it's a, we're a service industry. We're also an industry that provides products. So we're wearing multiple hats. And we also have to remember that many of the events that we produce are based on emotion. So sometimes I remind everyone that I know that works in this industry that being an event planner and designer may may not necessarily be the first task that we're we're performing. We may be a therapist, a a best friend, and and a a referee at times, and often we're juggling those, those hats throughout the experience. So we need to deliver and never, as I said earlier, say no, and we have to be emotionally connected, which is an exhausting feat to do in the industry, but always be present and never let our clients assume we're too busy working on another project at the same time. Boy, that's, yeah, let them know. They're first and foremost. Totally understand. Yeah. You know, I I mentioned the I4CP before, and when we talk about I4CP and all the incredible research that they're a part of, they talk a lot about creativity and innovation, and we talk about that on the show as a result of that. So this level of innovation has to have the the wow factor, I would imagine. What are some things that uh, you do to inspire innovation and encourage it among your team, the other, you know, the folks that you're working with on a day-to-day basis when you talk about creativity and you talk about innovation? Well, innovation, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a really fascinating word that's been part of my vocabulary in the industry since I've begun. And it is allowing ourselves to stand out amongst all the clutter and understanding that innovation is it's a, a specific word that has a very vast definition. Innovative means being different. Innovative means standing out amongst all of the other clutter that exists in all industries. So going back to the, the, the event I'm doing in Indonesia and the ones I do consistently – are that we need to take the time to know what is going to make this project very unique. And being innovative equates to being unique, equates to being memorable, equates to standing out and being the best at who you are in your industry and in your field. And that is not an easy task. So it's doing the the, the research and the background and understanding the knowledge of what we need to present and create, allowing us, as I mean us as in the owners of companies, to be different than everyone else, to be a trend forward 
designer, to be an entrepreneur that is creating something that's not been created before. And that, as I said, takes time. It takes it takes a, 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 an organization of people that really are paying attention to the expectations that we are looking for. Yes, and, and you talked about mastering your skills earlier and, mm-hmm. and, and honing in on that creativity. How, how do you train and develop your team to, so they match your level of creativity and innovation and uniqueness? You know, I, I think from the very beginning of starting my business 30-plus years ago, I have always looked to hire those that are not necessarily um, experts in the industry. I look to create and develop with new people coming on. I tend to take a, a younger demographic or someone that maybe have come in from a different industry that are looking to get into a new career, and I always pre- uh, perceive them as just a, a, piece of sco- a piece of clay that I love together to us to sculpt their career. And if I'm bringing someone on that's doing what I've been doing for 20 years and knows all too much too well, you're kind of going to have to – retrain them or they may not see the the necessity to learn something new. So I I want students out of school. I'm looking for people that are hungry and eager to learn new new ideas. That has created for me the ability for hardworking, creative, talented experts or people learning to become experts in this field, and it's worked beautifully for me. Mm, What a great opportunity for those young folks. And I understand you are hosting an event planning symposium next month where you are mentoring and guiding others to learn about you know, how to be successful in the events industry. Uh, and, and I love the perspective that, that you're, you're basing this whole symposium about. It's collaboration versus competition. Wow. Uh, what motivated you to start this symposium and, and you know, to mentor others? Um, I've always loved mentoring um, students and also people in the business for many, many years, and I wanted to turn this into something that I was able to um, create navigate personally. This is three days of very hands-on experiences, hands-on sessions, experts in, in many different areas of the industry, from, from legal to life coaching to designing to, to being a chef to a panel of experts across the industry. Um, and each evening um, completes with beautiful celebrations that my guests, my attendees, can sit back, relax, and literally learn from seeing what's in my head and what I've created for them to be participants and not just trying to execute concept when they go to some of these seminars. Um, It's a a brilliant way of bringing people together in a very intimate environment. We keep this very small. We start with yoga in the morning, education all day, and as I said, we complete the day with celebrations. And um, it's about letting them grow over the course of three days. And two of the people who will be attending, I'll select, and they'll wind up working side-by-side as an employee of mine on two major events somewhere either in the U.S. or globally um, as they have expanded over the course of the symposium. Wow, that sounds incredible. And any any event that starts with yoga first thing in the morning has got to be <laughs> awesome in itself. I'm going to have to you're, make you're, that recommendation for our you're, conference. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're talking angel's language, aren't you? <laughs> yes, oh, that sounds amazing. You know, you talk about angel's language. One of the things that uh, is, is really uh, very special and important to both of us are nonprofits. And 
just charitable events. There are so many organizations out there that need a helping hand to, to share their mission with, with so many people in this world. And you mentioned at the top, David, about uh, four nonprofits that uh, are very special to you. But the one that I really wanted to hone in on is, uh, you know, when you're planning a lot of all these charity events, what I'd like you to do is tell us more about your involvement with the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Where did that all come from? And, and, and just, uh, you know, how do you do that? How do you go about planning some of these charity events that you do? You know, this is a family of mine. Prevent Cancer Foundation is based out of Washington, D.C. And, gosh, 19 years ago, I was working for the Kennedy Center, and uh, I was asked to, to basically design the Prevent Cancer Foundation gala 19 years ago. 18 years ago, I was asked to come on to consider underwriting the design element of the Prevent Cancer Gala. And I said yes 18 years ago. And 18 consecutive years, I have um, underwritten the, the event for 1,000 people at the National Building Museum. And not only have I done that, which has been an enjoyable process, but more importantly, um, I've co-chaired it one, one year. I sat on the board for 10 years, and I'm currently on uh, the past board directors uh, now. And the mission for me is having all of us have been touched by cancer personally or from an arm's length. Um, the importance of preventative measures that each of us can take in our lives. So our, our goal is obviously to raise money, but to raise money to bring uh, mobile screening centers to inner cities to educate those that may not have the knowledge that testing doesn't mean you're sick. Testing is making sure we keep you healthy. And the ways we live our life through food, through lifestyle, can actually prevent you to get cancer and to help you if you do get screened and tested for cancer and have it on how to live your life healthier, to live your life longer. Well, I tell you what, on behalf of all of us that in whatever way have been touched by cancer, a giant thank you. I lost, <clears throat> excuse me, I lost my dad to cancer. My sister was all of 38 years old when she was uh, taken over by, uh, by breast cancer and she was gone in 11 months. And you're talking to a cancer survivor. I had prostate cancer 10 years ago, and I'm good to, good to say I'm one of the lucky ones. Early detection, that's the key, and I'm a cancer Absolutely. survivor and proud of it to talk about it here 10 years later. So your, uh, your uh, hard work is, uh, is much appreciated, believe me. We've got time for one more quick question, and we're just kind of curious as to uh, all the things that you've gotten a chance to do in your lifetime. Bucket list, what's still left to... Uh, to be a part of? Is there one thing that you say someday before all is said and done, this is something I've got to do? Oh, well, I can answer it two ways. I can answer it personally and professionally. Well, I've, I've got about one minute, so you decide how all you right. want to do it. Split it up, whatever works. I'm going to say professionally I would like to work and do a state dinner at the White House. Um, that would be on my bucket list. And on my personal list, I would love to take a summer off and live in Italy. Ooh, I'd like to be a part of that. Yes, both of them. <laughs> I'll do the Italy thing right now, by the way, just to let you know. I'll do happily do Italy. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Before we let you get away, David, a website. Please share a website so that all of our listeners can, can get a chance to see all the things that you're involved with that, that we didn't talk about today. And maybe even for the Prevent Cancer Foundation as well, yeah. those who'd like to get involved with that, because that's a great initiative. If everyone goes, I make it real simple, go to, go to davidtutera.com. Everything and anything that we've spoken in more depth today, from Prevent Cancer Foundation to my symposium to, to my business, is all there. So it's really e easy to navigate, and it'll direct you into so many different directions. And Tutera is T-U-T-E-R-A, davidtutera.com. David, 
You've been a joy. We can't thank you enough. Thanks so much. Oh, Continued success. Thank you. And yeah. say hello to our, our good friend, Kathy Ireland, next time you see her. I absolutely will. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Thank you, David. David Tutera from Dada Media, our special guest. And we're going to be back with our insight segment and our good friend, Jay Jamrog, when we continue. Leading the way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way every single day. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices. And that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance that few, that few, few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. 570 AM, 96.3 HD2. That's where you'll find us. News and information, KLIF. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Here are your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back to Leading the Way. It is time now for our insight segment, and we have with us Jay Jamrog, I4CP's co-founder and futurist. How are you doing, Jay? I'm good. How are you doing, Scott and Angel? Good afternoon. Well, we're doing just fine, doing just fine. We, uh, we enjoyed uh, talking to uh, a different type of CEO, Jay, but uh, certainly hope that you found it uh, most uh, motivating, maybe best put. Uh, customer satisfaction was certainly something that he talked about. How do, you, how do uh, high-performing organizations view customer satisfaction on top of some of the things that, that David shared with us? Yeah, great question. That was a great interview with David, too. He's quite an entrepreneur. And uh, you talk about, you know, when we talk about uh, agility, we talk about disruption. Uh, and disrupting your industry. He sure isn't a disruptor. But to get to your question around what high-performing organizations, how they view customer satisfaction, it's pretty simple. They view customer satisfaction as something that they are always trying to achieve. They know that their data they're collecting around customers, that they're pretty good at helping the customer. But they also realize that the customer's expectations are, are, are climbing faster than their ability to keep up with it. So for them, it's always a goal that they're never going to achieve. 
So it's always trying to strive to make the customer satisfied, knowing that their expectations are always going to be increasing faster in ability to satisfy their customer. Yes, and we asked David what the two most effective elements or, or actions that that are needed to ensure success in customer satisfaction. And uh, his responses were uh, listening to their, really listening to their expectation, um, being present, not falsely guiding them. Uh, he had some really great answers. But uh, what does our research show about these actions that high-performing organizations are taking? Yeah, as you know, Angel, and you know, customer satisfaction has always been, as we look at issues every year, probably one of the number one issues for high-performing organizations has always been customer satisfaction. So we get into what they do to really make the uh, keep uh, trying to make the uh, the um, the whole experience better. Um, listening to the customer, and David said this too, listening to customer expectations is one of the biggest things we hear all the time. They call it sensing, and turning sensing into action um, is what they try to do. And they, it's just not listening and sensing. They go one step further. They ensure that all their managers are getting the information that they're collecting from the customer, that, you know, listening to that customer and their customer satisfaction, and are having at least quarterly meetings with their uh, direct reports on what they're seeing out there from the customer. Uh, they're also linking their performance and rewards to the customer and how well they service the customer. And the customer is not a policy um, or a written something you have to do to satisfy the customer. It becomes very flexible on how well you satisfy your customer, and they celebrate it. The other thing he talked about was having an emotion for the customer. And I'm, I was caught by that word emotion because at, um, at Microsoft now, when you listen to their new culture and they talk about empathy, and can you really have empathy for the customer? If you can understand what the customer needs are and have empathy for that, you can build better products and services and satisfy that customer better. And David talked about listening to the emotion in the customer, and I equate that with ha having empathy for the customer. So um, two things he talked about were clear in our research, that listening and really having the emotion for the customer. I tell you what, you, one of the things that you said when you when you started to answer that last question that, that caught me, uh, it says, number one issues of high-performing companies and organizations is customer satisfaction. And I never really thought about it, but I guess if they don't have a, a satisfied customer, chances are they're not going to be back. And if they're not back, they're going to be out of business, mm -hmm. right? So, so <laughs> that's pretty obvious. That's how that works. It is, and it's, especially with David's life. You know, one of the things he has, uh, I think, is very innovative with him. He talks about lifestyle and really having experience. In our recent research, we, we know that everybody's going high tech with robotics, AI, machine learning. Everything is going very cold, very sterile. Everybody's using technology because it be, it's much more efficient to do it that way. But what we're seeing in our research is that there's a huge trend towards high touch today. And they want an experience. They still want face-to-face -face contact, and they want that experience beyond technology. And I think David tapping into something he doesn't even know yet is that we're having a whole trend towards high-tech, yes. Everybody loves high-tech. Young people do. Everybody does. But the more the, the other side of that issue is we want more of an experience, and we want to 
different experience all the time, the unexpected, to be disruptive, and really have that experience where the cold technology does not give you. So it's uh, it's very interesting the way you know he wants to be innovative, to stand out, to be different from everybody else. That's disruption, and 75% of CEOs say they want their companies to be disruptive, just like David's having his company be disruptive in the industry. Well, 75% of CEOs say the same thing. They want their company to be disruptive. Unfortunately, only about 9% of the employees think their companies are disruptive. So there's a big neck to the neck today, with, especially around innovation, around the need to be disruptive, which he has tapped into from young age, um, to actually implementing being disruptive. And it's a fascinating conversation from mm-hmm. an entrepreneurial point of view. And I love the way he says yes. Yeah, that was great. I, I, I have uh, lots of uh, time where I, uh, I guest lecture at universities like Duke and a few others. And afterwards, I'll have dinner or lunch with a lot of the students. And they'll ask me about first jobs or how to get a job. And I always tell them, say yes. Yeah. So what if I'm not, pre- I'm not prepared for it? Say yes. And then learn yeah. very fast. That's right. <laughs> fast. No, good advice. No means nothing changes. Yeah, good advice. So, Yes means, you know, there's a whole world of opportunity waiting for you. So that's, yeah, I agree. Well, David talked about his symposium. We've only got a couple minutes here left, unfortunately. But, uh, uh, you know, he's mentoring and developing these uh, young event planners uh, with a focus uh, around the industry uh, collaboration versus competition. How does this mirror, how does this initiative mirror what is happening in corporate America today? Do you have a quick answer for that? Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of collaboration across companies today, and not only with ideas and technology, et cetera, but also with talent. So you look at a company like um, Siemens, who's they developed a hearing aid for children, um, but they don't market to children. They don't sell products to children. They build huge dams, but they also build children's rides at Disney, those big roller coasters and those big events. And so they went to Disney and said, we got a good product, but we don't know how to market it. So Disney says, here's our marketing team. And they shared their marketing team with Siemens to come up with a marketing plan for the hearing aid for children. So it's all about collaboration and sharing and sharing ideas. And more of that we're seeing across companies than ever before. Um, and we've got tons of examples in our innovation and creativity report we put out just a couple of years ago of companies who are collaborating together to bring new ideas and new things to the marketplace. Um, you know, innovation doesn't spring up from one person. It usually springs up from a bunch of people coming together and really sharing their thoughts and building on each other's ideas. So. It's, uh, it's where everything's going today. Once again, some great information in our insight segment from uh, the man himself, futurist, co-founder, and rock star, <laughs> I4CP's yeah. Jay Jamrog. I love it, especially the rock star. We'll see yeah, you next yeah. week. Yeah. huh? Rock on, Jay. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Angel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. So until next week, as we always remind you, live your legacy by leading the way. Until then, I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Angel Carlton. Have a great week, everybody.